0: Indeed, hooray, hurrah. <laughs> sumanyeh, uh, welcome to Self-Isolation, uh, the Proopcast edition, this time located in the porpoise of fruititude, where solitude is always treasured. My name's Greg. Hi, I'm Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer, it's nice to see you, <laughs> as it has been, and as it will be. We're listening to Mono
1: de Bongo, who, uh, th- this song is uh, Soul Macasa from 1972, Um, he apparently is in the hospital in Paris, and there was a scare earlier that he might have, uh, gone on to the stars, but he's still with
0: us. Oh, hanging tough from Cameroon. And Jennifer just hit me to something that I thought was so smashing. As you know, Cameroon's football team uh, is called the Indomitable Lions. And off and on over the last few World Cups, they've, they've showed up. Not like Nigeria did last time, but they, they, they're they quite good. And in 72, evidently, they uh, got to the quarters in the World Cup. So he'd written a record about how great the Cameroon football team was.
1: Um, they,
0: and they put this on this B-side, was it?
1: Right. This was the surprise hit uh, because it was... um. It was the B-side to his song celebrating the Cameroon National Football Team's accession to the quarterfinals of the Africa Cup. Awesome. And uh, a New York DJ started playing it on the biggest black radio station in
0: New York well, and I'll it became you, a hit I'll tell you what it got to San Carlos and that was the widest place on earth home of the Plain Younger Festival we were I, I remember listening to it at my friend Ray Cox's house and we were in the pool me and Forrest and him and it was Diamond Girl by Seals and Crofts
1: <laughs> oh yeah
0: I remember what was on the playlist that year Honky Cat by Ellen and John um, and Soul bloody makosa. Oh uh the spinners too, and soul makosa.
1: This is just so groovy. And he's he's speaking and singing in uh Cameroon dialect. Uh I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah.
0: Um and, and the the thing about this record is that he laughs, he sings, he talks, and he he, he It's he, a party. It, it. Sometimes he just goes, what was it? It's what kuma, 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 kuma. It's so much fun. <laughs> and if you can't dance to this, right? And it's, it's soul and jazz, I think.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right, It's Afro-jazz i the echo,
0: Just genius.
1: I think he's lived in Paris for a long time, and he hosted a wonderful uh, half. Can one, you still get that one half of? A, well, I think it was a Netflix right thing that. Um, a history of uh, performances at the New Morning, which the is Morning. a jazz club in uh, an intimate spot in Paris.
0: You may remember a New Morning story that we told several uh, seasons ago where we went to New Morning to see the awesome... Um, uh, oh, cri- T- Terrence Blanchard. Yeah, Terry, Terry Blanchard. <laughs> uh, we went to see the awesome Terrence Blanchard there. And uh, we'd been watching the Mano DiBongo-hosted series uh, of the history of it. And I went to the bar... Uh, to get uh, a bottle of wine for Jennifer and the guy behind the bar in a club in Paris two years ago said to me we're out of wine and I said this is Paris You're not allowed to be out of wine. I go, you don't go to Jamaica and go like, oh, wait, lamb's bread. I don't think so. Not today. And it was like, and he just laughed. I go, what happened? And he went, it was a very busy weekend. (laughs)
1: Apparently. Apparently
0: it was very um, busy. Someone didn't get their ass down to the liquor store. So we, I think we got another kind of wine. What are you? What did we end up drinking? Or did you had vodka and tonic? I oh, think. Oh, they
1: had, they had wine. Yeah,
0: but they didn't have like good wine. They had uh, like whatever. Crack they they was had left. we can't be bothered wine. It was so good. Though. Well, imagine First, we the imagine wine. that
1: panic buying in Paris right now. I, I read an article about in the local, um, which uh, has many different outlets across Europe where you can read about what's going on. Um, what's the name of it? The local. And uh, the people were panic-buying baguettes, as you
0: you would. It's the name of my new album. That's the one that was coming out just when this ends.
1: (laughs) You know, standing several feet away from each other, but in line at their local uh, bakery. What if I can't get a baguette? Well, you know, panic ensues. I mean, the the other day I thought, oh, my God, I've run out of Grafeo Coffee, which is from North Beach in San Francisco, and... uh, it is owned by... Uh, We're going to have to
0: rename this the Porpoise of Privilege. <laughs> because I think people are going to be storming the gates here. We're going to be lighting them off like Vincent Price in Mask of the Red Death huh. when Prospero closes the castle to the peasants. Well,
1: I don't go to Starbucks. I get... I, get, uh, I know, you're quite Mike, a coffee person. My Raffaele coffee. but I might mean, as well I don't give them a spend, plug because
0: they're still sending I, it out.
1: I love them. and, and they want to had, keep them open. They have had two owners since the 30s and they're both they're both were from are from Italy and uh, he the, the current owner has this amazingly hilarious contraption H.G. Wells contraption in the other yeah. room that you can see it from the street steam He had some uh, mastermind in Oregon make that roasts
0: the beans that's right it's, per, it's purpose-made for them, though, the way they roast the beans. <laughs>
1: and I, I always love just walking by because it's a, a, a large space, really, for no amount of action. There's nothing going on and in And you can't get a cup of coffee
0: there. They no. won't sell you a cup of coffee. You don't get a you, roll. You get nothing.
1: And there's only there's light roast and dark roast.
0: Yeah, they have two flavors. And then,
1: and then you can leave. That's it. And, and The, it's the like, entire
0: show. Right. And you can have it ground or not ground. It's all the options. And Sometimes the guy uses one of those postal service uh, tape things. It has the serrated edge on it yes. that you roll off the top of the coffee bag like that, and that's it.
1: Sometimes he's just hanging outside uh, in his uh, wool sweater smoking. Oh, yeah.
0: Well... All they sell is two it's, kinds of it's coffee. Very, it's very north How page. do you spell it? Is it two Fs or one F? Two Fs. Yeah, so it's G-R-A-F-F-E-O, Grafeo. Yeah, yeah. All right, if you want to get crazy during the plague. Uh, <laughs> well, I called one?
1: him the other day, and I said, so you're still open? And he was like, yeah, yeah.
0: Jennifer, as you described, it's a storefront that he sits in. He's not letting anyone There's come inside anymore. There's nothing happening. Yeah. 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 You, can, you can put it outside the door. The
1: last time we were there, some some young girls uh, walked by, and they, they noticed that there were The bags from the coffee beans outside on the stoop. And they walked in and said, Can we have these? And he didn't even look up and he went, Yeah, that's why they're there. Yeah.
0: He didn't want to throw them away or put them in back in the bin. So he put them on the sidewalk knowing that hapless dupes are walking down the street from Livermore, who are all excited to be in San Francisco. and they're like,
1: No, I think they, they, they were actually going to make it for a craft I was going to say,
0: it, you, you could sew dorm room a hole, because they're giant canvas bags that all say Guatemala on Nothing them. Nothing's going whatnot. to waste. Yeah, nobody's going to waste. Yeah, it's worth visiting. Uh, not now, of course, virtually. And uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's worth drinking. Very strong. Jennifer makes coffee uh, um, we had a friend named Yoram, well, once upon a time, who was a, had been in the Israeli army as a photographer. And um, I remember him coming over to the house and having some of Jennifer's coffee and going, Wow, this is stronger than in the Israeli army. No, and it's he like, said
1: it was just as strong. It wasn't stronger. Oh, I see. Wow. Well,
0: that <laughs> Certainly puts it in perspective. Speaking of <laughs> 1972, I was but a child. And Jennifer, of course, was like three. Really? And uh, uh, th- that record, Sol uh, Makosa, was... Uh, did really well. It was a giant hit in England, but it was a big hit in America as well. I used to listen to, in San Francisco, KFRC and KYA, which were the two AM stations. This is right before you, I graduated to FM radio when you were about 13 or 14, and then you you get a better stereo, and then you moved over to FM. where There was more clarity, as you recall, but the mm-hmm. reception wasn't as good. And this record came out about a year before that. Why am I playing this? Because... We didn't get any Afro jazz uh, on the AM radio. We got the dot on Donny Osmond, uh Brad, uh all the there's loads of black music. There was the Spinners and that's the Silvers and
1: you didn't come by my house when I was night. a child. Yeah, no,
0: but you're you, that's not fair. You your parents had eclectic taste in music. My parents' taste was like we would watch This Is Tom Jones, which was a great, <laughs> great T V show with Tom Jones, and he would do these hot numbers at the end with his guests, and he wore really tight pants, and he would he literally jump up in the air and stuff and, and shake it for women. Well, a yeah, that's it what he was all about for. women, yeah. Like, this show was like this this big, great-looking guy with a great big willy who fucking had a giant nose, <laughs> and he'd, it happens every day, and loud, loud. Loud. A tuxedo, the tie came off. Volume ensures quality. Immediately, yeah. He say, he'd get through half a number, and then the tuxedo, what is it, M? Um, Uh, Win a few, take a few That's what I want you to do Love is like candy on a shelf Do
1: you remember the first time we went to Wales Uh for the hay. That's festival. quite a sentence,
0: Jennifer. Of course I do. <laughs> f- we we the- were in a boat with Freddie the Flute, and HR <laughs> Puffin stuff.
1: <laughs> for the hay festival, and yes. literally within an hour of, of arriving at the B and B, Tom Jones was mentioned. Yes.
0: It's like a Welsh rule. Oh, and I, if you remember, I did a show with Tom Jones, and uh, one of course. the first shows that got us over. You to You were England. really
1: impressed with his voice in person. Oh my
0: god. It was so I've told the story before, but fuck it, I'm telling part of it again. And this is the part I'm telling. He showed up, hung over to the gig, and we went to a pub on the break. And uh, by the way he rehearsed. He was doing um he did it's not unusual, which is mm-hmm. his biggest terror. And then with Sandra Bernhardt Sandra Bernhardt, he sang um, Show me a man and I'll show you a woman show <laughs> a man. That one was his duet. Right. She's uh, wonderful yeah. in pose as the nurse. Sandra Bernard is, uh, and this one she had to get lively because you don't phone it in with Tom Jones. Yeah, even then, this was 1993. Oh
1: God, remember when you he don't did Glastonbury? Yeah, and yeah,
0: he didn't. He need blew a everyone away. He, he didn't need at, amplification.
1: You know how many people are gathered at that festival? Him, a hundred
0: thousand, and him and Shirley Bassey could be heard in the back. <laughs> Shirley Bassey and him. Speaking no, whales, yeah, another lost both singer. of them. Right, her voice is so. Diamonds are forever.
1: Okay, you're you're also loud. Um, what was the name of her dance album? that we have. Oh, golly, it's so good.
0: Good. All right, I'm looking that up while we keep going here. So getting back to the topic at hand, um, Tom Jones uh, had to introduce me and he he didn't have his specs on and he couldn't say my name and he was like, Welcome Schleg Schluks," And it was so (laughs) great. Uh, So we went to this bar and this is why I love Tom Jones. He goes... um, uh, to the and I mean this is a proper pub in the East End, like just a, a good old you know, this is the nineties. Right. Pub it wasn't even open late. In those days they closed at like eleven. They you mm-hmm. know, it was so um and uh he goes up to the barman, and this is what I love about England too. No one for the Barman What do you have? No one uh ordered for him. It's called the Shirley Bassey Remix album. Yeah. It it's uh and different DJs. Okay, let's just hear a little of it because it's we're talking a lot about it. I'll keep going with the Tom Jones story. But this is why it's so good. I don't care if they pull us off she the air. She had
1: an amazingly difficult childhood.
0: Hold that thought.
1: No, I'm not going to go into it. But I mean, she's a force.
0: She's indomitable. She's
1: still performing.
0: Um, her and Tom Jones. Tom Jones has a TV show. Oh
1: yeah.
0: It's. It's when it gets loud that I love her most. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. This turned into Welsh singers from the 60s corner (laughs) who both sing awesome rhythm and blues. Right?
1: Also, she usually has some smashing ball gown or dress that's oh quite revealing. God, she never so she wears, has an awesome figure. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, if you don't get to see it, Yeah, she really, really gives it up on stage. It's just fantastic. So we walk into this East End pub. He's hungover. And he came in and he said, oh, I'm hungover. <laughs> and he's with his son who is his manager, who in those days I was giving Marlboros to all day. And uh, uh, we went into the pub and Tom Jones goes... Tom Jones goes... He's in front of me. I'm standing behind him. He goes, Because oh, I love, I love, I love. he speaks with a, a rumbling Welsh.
1: Right, as, though, as Welsh. though you're in a green valley yes, of he's,
0: some he's sort about, outside but, of Cardiff. I, I only want to hold you. I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> I just want to hold you. So he shows to the barman, uh, I love a fernet bronco. A fernet bronco, Right? Which, okay, if you're Ouch. not familiar with it, Ouch. I don't know how to explain it. It's um, an Italian aper- uh, digestif. Yeah. Not an aperitif. You would never drink it before you drink anything. It, it tastes as if the Italian army socks had been, <laughs> after a long march, rendered into some kind of herbal th- ointment. Yes. That's exactly. You wouldn't. What put, if donkeys were <laughs> trotting? <laughs> you wouldn't put it on a dog if it was hurt. It's so...
1: Speaking of which, are we supposed to have the cutes that Arnold Schwarzenegger is is, uh, in his kitchen with a donkey and a miniature pony? I've
0: forgiven him for usurping Gray Davis and having a coup d'etat in California, which he did. I've forgiven him for running a media-based election. That election, if you recall what's his name from different strokes and a porn star ran for governor in that election. It was a complete circus. Uh,
1: and I tried to forget that. We yes.
0: pulled out of it with eight years of Jerry Brown and several years of Gavin Newsom. We yes. pulled out of what yes. happened with Schwarzenegger. It was bad. Yes. I have forgiven him because of the donkey. That wow. That's what you're And we saw Maria Shriver interview... She's a cute
1: donkey named Lulu.
0: Lulu. Like, that's Lulu the donkey. Yeah. Everybody get him the chopper. <laughs> I have a donkey now, so forget that I was a Nazi. Right,
1: forget that I had that extra I had, family with the housekeeper.
0: I had sex with another child, and Maria Shriver has um, left me. The Kennedys don't take my phone calls no more. I would think not. Maria Shriver interviewed Hillary Clinton, and we went to see M. Charles. I call her Charles because I don't know her. <laughs> Charleston Hills and uh, Maz was there interviewing her, and you know that was lovely. It I, was a lovely interview. I was impressed by her because I really thought she was so smart and canny, and also yes. a lifetime in the Kennedy uh, family. Yeah. Like you, yeah. the you don't nobody knows the trouble you've seen. Like she knew Rose, she knew Ethel, she knew Theodore, she knew Ed. I mean, uh, she knew Bobbe. Like you know, wow. Okay, it's a and lot. Her father. Was a beautiful person. Mm-hmm. Um, the Peace Corps, yes. was a good deal. Of- well,
1: that's what she was. She was sharing with uh, Hillary Clinton that they both had. Uh, they they couldn't go home and say. Well, Chelsea said yeah. she couldn't go home and say to her parents, "Hey, I just don't feel like uh, doing anything. Oh, or really? Being a social activist today. Really, you don't
0: feel like it <laughs> because your dad started the Peace Corps
1: and uh didn't her mother start special olympics yes so wow so what did you do at school today
0: her dear father who ran for a vice president on the ticket after a a really weird moment in the 70s when the awesome war hero um mr mcgovern the senator from south dakota ran for president against nixon he
1: i got to meet him once at the capitol and he was was quite tall right well, I I was quite small, so
0: I was, but he was. I was a kid. He also had a beautiful voice if you recall.
1: Yeah, he was he was seemed like a really uh, kind person.
0: He always got stuck with that you're a big loser tag, which I really didn't appreciate because one, seventy two was the most crooked election of all time next to the other <laughs> one we brought. home. And he was like they always do, and you know, not to get political here, because I rarely do. Um <laughs> The GOP always shits on war heroes when they're on the other team.
1: Funny, isn't it? Like, and also, I mean, at that time, similar to now, um, the the slamming of, of his uh, calm, considerate approach by a lunatic. Right.
0: Who was drinking and ranting and raving at the pictures of the presidents in the uh, uh, White House. Nixon, we're talking about. George McGovern was a very calm and very intelligent person. He did very poorly in the 72 election that was the white backlash Watergate election so they did everything they could to rig it they did everything they could to propagandize the democratic party they did everything they could to demonize a good man and this is an issue that brings Sergeant Shriver to the fore is that um, he had picked a, a, a was Thomas Eagleton a congressperson I can't remember now I, I, let's just look that yeah, up before I, I start talking out my ass fortunately I remembered everything about Sergeant Shriver correctly which means I'm awesome in any case Tom uh, Tom Eagleton Was also a very intelligent cat. But he, senator from Missouri, Mm. he'd had mental illness problems. And when that was revealed... Well,
1: more than that, he admitted to getting
0: help. Yes. Which is so foul
1: that that immediately he had to be forced out.
0: Well, don't you see how... uh, It's really sad. Doesn't it seem like now... The, you're immediately demonizing someone who for actually, having
1: feelings yeah. and seeking treatment
0: and he was very effective uh, no, senator it was ghastly so he actually dropped out and they had to pick another vice president so that was unprecedented mm-hmm. and they picked sergeant Triver, who was and i think this is where they went wrong not where they went wrong i think the democratic party was beautiful that year picking a peacenik like george McGovern and picking an absolute champion of the poor like sergeant Shriver, was trying to draw the most uh, uh, distinct differences mm-hmm. between the republican party and the democratic party the republican party was selling black people are coming to your house to burn it down that was what that election was about and then that's when abortions right. young people were evil yeah abortions started to get demonized then uh, we're uh, two elections oh the second election after the um, total uh 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 Southern strategy election of 68, where they got all the white people to abdicate. White men stopped voting Democrat, basically, in 68. And then that carried on in 72. And that's when they laid the groundwork for all of this. Um, Moving on from that, Maria Shriver was uh, fantastically agile, I thought, on the time. And going back to that year, uh, um, there was this record uh, that Sol Mucosa came out. Uh, I talked about it when Lou Reed went to the stars. You you're
1: t- going back
0: to the 70s. Exactly what I'm talking about. We're in the 70s right now. If you're talking about Sergeant Shriver and Thomas Eagleton and George McGovern.
1: No, I just, because she mentioned the Maria Shriver event.
0: Oh, well, Maria Shriver so is a child of the 70s. We're
1: talking about this song, which came out
0: when? Um, right around then. Anyways, uh, uh, it was exciting to hear um, foreign music, basically, on the American radio. We were used to British bands. But there wasn't uh, much breakthrough for um, bands from uh, the second and third world. And uh, the Soul Makosa was such a swinging African tune and snuck in, like you say, one DJ in New York flung it.
1: I think I was lucky to live in a suburb of Washington, D.C. then because... more Black Radio? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. And and then I uh, hipped you to P.D. Green.
0: Oh, yes, P.D. Green. was fantastic. Well, now, was he on public access? Yes will you explain a little bit of, how do you explain Petey Green
1: <laughs> I hope well I have to pause let me just, spin this me, for just a second this is I a record from wrong.
0: the early 70s called Double Barrel by David Ansel Collins it's been used in movies and it's a reggae tune whoa it's the, we're at the end there here we go I'm back the you have to hear the beginning and the magnificent I'm back with the shaker, of a soul both. Most turning stormy, sound of soul. I am W-O-O-O. Um, the echo? Right? Yeah. 11-year-old in San Carlos, California with my radio next to my bed, looking at all my stuff and my maps and shit <laughs> and my books, and this comes on the radio, and you're like, this one in Selma so it you, it makes you feel differently about it. Don't you
1: it. remember the first time you heard Gil Scott Heron on the radio? Oh my I God. do.
0: but Gil Scott Heron was on the radio in those he days. He
1: was, and I just remember being uh, alone in my bedroom, and just, and that came on, and I, I just, uh, about reagan
0: oh the reagan right. one i was gonna play is this one too out there for this was one i remember hearing on the radio in the bay area in the 70s you're not gonna believe the topic he was wow. such a great soul artist this song's called angel dust he's one of my all-time favorites and a dc-centric kind of guy even though he's from he, he taught, is it? He he taught there
1: was, for a while yeah there, with, there's even a, a YouTube of him uh, giving you a tour of DC museums. I
0: don't know if you cats know what his a, voice. What Angel Dust is. But.
1: And the albums he did with Brian Jackson; yeah. those were fabulous.
0: It was it terrible drug that you smoked in weed or in a cigarette? It was like trank.
1: Um, it was a big issue in the Bay Area.
0: You can tell me about it. Yeah. This isn't going to be, like, fun for the crowd, but I smoked angel dust a bunch of times. You just I did when you were a I accidentally did. Yeah.
1: I didn't...
0: It's pretty freaky. And then
1: I had to... my One of my college roommates... Uh, I had to walk her up the nine floors to our room oh because she wouldn't take the elevator. No, no,
0: because you're paranoid. It becomes full-blown. I
1: didn't have... Uh, I don't want to say I have a high tolerance for things, but I didn't have too much of a reaction. That she unfortunately—I don't think that's
0: going to come as a surprise to a lot of the proof kittens. <laughs> I think they're going to be like, "Oh, Jennifer has high tolerance." I'm—I'm um, I'm not proud about the angel dust, but it was—you know—we just did. It was—it um, was in the—it was present. so yeah. Uh, 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 and methamphetamine and uh, angel dust and cocaine and hashish and um, mm-hmm. hash oil and stuff like that were real Bay Area favorites, you know. I mean, so is heroin, but nope. I was never tempted.
1: Jesus hasn't... I mean, San Francisco has always been so... So druggy.
0: Uh, let's uh, no. let's listen to this for just one second, because I don't know if anyone's heard it.
1: He was to earth, heard he was so dusty. God only knew why. They were dusty.
0: That's my action. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. And by all means, don't try. Do not try. Oh, no, no, no. no. Bad
0: drug. Well, someone just wrote here in the notes, this song prevented me from ever trying Angel Dust. Yeah. It's a terrible, terrible thing. I wasn't trying to make it sound glamorous. It isn't. Oh, it isn't. Didn't make you feel that great.
1: On another note. Please. Uh... I wanted. I don't. I can't remember how I found this out. I guess I was just digging for for things that you can um, free yourself with online uh, during this time. Uh, the Berlin Philharmonic has a free digital concert hall for the next thirty days.
0: The uh, Berlin Philharmonic. Uh huh. So what days is it on? Is it is it like every day or is it like one day and stuff?
1: I'm not sure. They just. Uh, put this up on the 13th, and uh, does it say? It might be uh, randomly uh, different dates from the past. Let's just see. And and the site's also in uh, English. Here we go. And if you're in France, uh, the French opera is online, and they're, they're showing, uh, or you can access online uh, specific operas each week. Sadly, it won't show of here. the lockdown. But isn't that beautiful? Yes. Um, and then I found that amazing site. Do you have the the link to that? Uh, yes,
0: I do. In fact. Here, let's just play this one, though, because everyone... Here's one that's for Crisis.
1: (laughs) Why was there late-breaking news that Beethoven might have been able to hear much better than anyone
0: thought? What?
1: Really? Really?
0: By the way, if you're thinking about um, heroism and stuff... The Allies used this song as a V, v for victory, I believe. Uh, dot, 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 dash mm-hmm. is V. Um,
1: the the Berlin Philharmonic, it's 600 concerts uh, from their archive, and it's free. You just have to log on.
0: What's the website? Do you know?
1: Berliner Philharmoniker.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, here's the one that you... This is the one you sent me that's so good. Um, it's called mcn.adu, A Guide to Virtual Museum Resources. MCM, um, their home is uh, they a, uh, they put museums online, is basically what the whole is. Yeah, it's an is. aggregate
1: of all these different links. And um, at first I was looking at uh, various museums in Paris, and, right. and, what, and one of them had a link to this. And then the National Library of Scotland... Um,
0: yes who we, who we tweet with sometimes about <laughs> yes. puffins
1: they, they posted I believe there was it. a
0: you ain't seen nothing until you're down on a And puffin. which
1: reminds me yeah. that uh, I think I, I've got it here there's there's a um, uh, the national where is it
0: there's a lot on this one um, art uh, tv art uk archaeological analytics europeana 50 million European Oh, no, it's, it's
1: just endless. It's oh my really yes, won- huh? wonderful. Um, the one I was thinking of
0: was the... Um... Yes. <laughs> oh, look at this one. This one's called Open Glam. Images in the archive of the city of Baden, Switzerland. Historical photos of the Swiss Wandervogel Youth Group. Oh, my goodness. That's great. Really wild. Um, it's a wonderland and you can really go down the deep uh, deep deep cave of awesomeness Smithsonian open access wow frequently asked questions I don't have any questions let's just go right in oh look there's the Buddha draped in robes portraying the realms of existence let's click on that there's
1: also medieval manuscripts online Um, the, the library in New
0: York I want people to still listen Jennifer
1: what really? Yes. I, every once in a while, as as a as a tonic, I go to medieval Twitter.
0: All right. How about that? Tell me some of your medieval twitters.
1: Well, there there's some fabulous uh, non traditional uh, medievalists online. Um, there's uh, some African American yes. professors, um, uh, black Anglo uh, professors. Would you like me to look them up? Lesbian here? Uh, takes. Oh, yes? On medieval on. Medieval uh, history, yes.
0: Oh, you know, uh, by the way, uh, there were black people in medieval history and lesbians in medieval history. It's not like they weren't there, and that gets kind of skated over by your average.
1: Huh. I, I think that have we talked about the fact that Anglo-Saxon is a term that was uh, kind of pushed in the in the nineteenth century
0: by white supremacists. You know what it brings to mind, uh, and not to bring up another white guy, but um, he's swirling in the stars, and we talked about it a few weeks ago, Terry Jones from uh, mm-hmm. Monty Python wrote really lovely books that tried to include women and poor people in there and, and ethnic people and, and other people that people consider barbarians in his histories. And I always thought that was beautiful. The Monterey Bay Aquarium is on Twitter at Monterey uh, AQ. And then fantastically, what is oh, this? Oh, it's
1: great because you can watch the, uh, the jellyfish to music. Yes. And then there's the otter cam.
0: Oh, there's a zillion different yeah. animals. Um, I have uh, Let's see what I've done here. Animals, habitats, animal stories. Oh my God, it's just fantastic because they have a camera on all of them. And so, when you click on it, you just uh, watch them in their uh, habitat at the uh, at the aquarium.
1: But right, it's like know. it's like you're hanging out there after hours with them. It's really. Uh... It's really calming, especially the the jellyfish one is one. Jellyfish
0: are very calming. Why is that? I'm in nature. I'm afraid to meet a jellyfish. I'm not.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think you want to. But I'm it, not a big. It's
0: they're beautiful. Here we are: aviary, coral reef, jelly cam, kelp forest cam, uh, penguin
1: Jennifer. cam, yeah.
0: open sea cam.
1: Which which zoo was it that had the penguins out and the penguins were visiting other enclosures? Yeah, they were
0: just. It was so cute. Walking here, they get an idea just from the music of how. Um, how good the jelly cam is. It's a real close-up of a bunch of red jellyfish sort of bouncing up and down in a t- Well, you know, languidly. Kind
1: of undulating.
0: Yeah, ooh, ooh, undulating. There they are. Here. now, but you, when oh, you hear the music so they pretty. play, it's so great. I it's taking it, a second to it, download Is her. it jellyfish approved? What?
1: Did the jellyfish approve oh, of this absolutely. music? Oh,
0: absolutely! They signed off with the. Uh, oh, it's not playing. Because
1: it, it, it makes me think of uh, during the World Cup, and there was the the octopus. They guessed all the winners. What was it in Germany? And yes, and the octopus it
0: was almost unerring.
1: As as we know, are very clever indeed. Um, they know how to open
0: their tanks and stuff.
1: Well, there was one that realized that it could uh, spit water at the light switches. Exactly, switch, was it? he was turning off the lights.
0: To the entire aquarium. So the night watchman would come of and be like, what? Yeah, uh, really good. Do
1: octopi chuckle?
0: Oh, Is that possible? It goes till 6 p.m. our time. Oh, there's a cutoff. We'll see if it plays again. They don't, and they don't want up. you
1: to overdose on, on jellyfish. You'll have
0: to take our word that it's a very relaxing experience, and there's really nothing like frantically taking someone's word.
1: There's. Uh, I, I just wanted to mention the. Yes, please. I was... The one that I was trying to think of is you can now download over 300,000 really? books from the New York Public oh Library God. for
0: free. So I have to have this website for because we're going to be free. doing some reading here. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer's given me several books to read here, and I'm going to uh, tip you to them. Some of them may not oh, be as easy to...
1: Yeah.
0: No, i want only going no, to that do that this one easier. and this one. Yeah. Um, She's uh, uh, given me a reading list for the... Um, self-isolation uh my reading's been pretty light lately although i have to admit i read hard to handle by steve gorman full disclosure steve gorman is a sports uh, uh, a, a, a sports radio personality in nashville and i know him because i've done his radio show and we're friendly with one another and um steve and i have chatted over the years and whatnot and uh, he was the, the once-and-future drummer of the Black Crows. So he wrote this book called Hard to Handle, and he sent me a copy, and it's really wild. It's, uh, it's got a lot of good times in it. I quite enjoyed it. Um, what was the... Uh, uh, hmm? Well, the connection is so clear between uh, <laughs> Steve Gorman. My reading list of late has been sort of paltry. Jennifer had a book by Italo Calvino called... The baron in the trees, and the premise is um, it's
1: such a, at great a, book.
0: a terrible lunch one day. A young nobleman in Italy hates what his sister has made, which is <laughs> desiccated snail heads on the, <laughs> the tops of toothpicks. And he, as a revolt, runs into a tree and never comes down for the rest of his life. And it's because it has that picaresque.
1: I think we can all relate to an aspect of that right now. I hate
0: you, and I'm never coming down from yeah. this tree. and uh, <laughs> Right? And it's just hilarious. And that one's called The Baron in the Trees. So Talekathina, you know, of course, wrote way more serious terms and way different books. I think this might be his most popular one in it some is. ways. It is. In any case, that was in Jennifer's stock and I read that. Uh, we're just trying to give out some reading tips here. The Seven Who Fled by Frederick Prokosh, and that's P-R-O-K, O-S-C-H, Prokosh. Um, first published in 1937, The Seven Who Fled Achieved Brilliant Success in America and Europe. It's one of those books, like, we were talking about John Dos Passos and Eric Mariah or Mark mm-hmm. last night. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if people read All Quiet on the Western Front anymore, but I had to read it in high school. I don't know if people read... Uh, what was something you had to read in high school that people don't...
1: John Hawkes or... Right,
0: John Hawkes. Um uh, so this Salinger. Is, Sal, well, do
1: people read Salinger still? I think, do I think they? they do.
0: They read... You know who they read is, um, uh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird? They read... Um, yeah.
1: But a lot of people seem to have stopped at 13. Yes. Which makes me... It's depressing. Uh, yeah.
0: What's her name? I've just forgotten the author of To Kill a Mockingbird. Harper. Harper Lee. Yeah. Um, and, and people get to the um, uh, uh, Great Gatsby level, and then they don't really push.
1: An author that you could read now is Don Powell, who was undersung and now back in print uh
0: give me a couple titles she's just uh, she was Gore Vidal's favorite author was mm-hmm. it and Gore Vidal if you don't know who he was was a wit and a wag and a, a commentator he was an author as well and he had some insight into politics as he was um, as he once described a mandarin uh, which is a very archaic and awesomely privileged racist way of saying that you were born into a political family with some position.
1: <laughs> One of my favorite by her is the Wicked Pavilion.
0: Not the Golden Bow, is it? A uh, spur. The Golden Spur. Isn't
1: it? Uh, the Wicked Pavilion, uh, there are these lovely, uh, paperbacks now, um, And yes, there's a quote from Gore Vidal on the back. For decades, Don Powell was always just on the verge of ceasing to be a cult and becoming a major religion.
0: Quite right. Um, uh, Again, that's on my reading list, too. Um, Let me just finish this description of the seven who fled because Jennifer said it's like um, Shangri-La, Lost Horizon, whatnot. It's a group of Europeans thrown together and they have to fight their way across the asiatic (laughs) deserts but each of them represents a different point of view of um let's see here the story of seven europeans six men and one woman who are forced to flee the asian town where they have settled their travels through the deserts of to that mongolia and China, China take them to the edge of civilization and force them to recognize a spiritual emptiness that gradually yields to a new Pressures of instinct and survival. It sounds fantastic, and I was reading the first page last night. And I—he wrote the intro too, by the way, which I really love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He wrote his own intro. It's usually they say (laughs) intro by academic or insert, you know, Harold Bloom. There's a famous edition of Blood Meridian where Harold Bloom, the noted academic and sometimes creepy dude, uh, (laughs) yeah, wrote a real big dissertation about it. Um, And here's the beginning. I'll just read you the first couple sentences of Seven Who Fled just to kind of get you moist. One, yeah, prologue, colon, the flight from Kashgar. Very late, one windless September night, 22 men and a beautiful woman were crossing a dried riverbed on the caravan road that led from Kashgar eastward toward Aksu. Painstakingly, the fifteen porters threaded their way between the rocks, guiding the mules and camels with their stained, weather-beaten cases. The river basin was almost a mile wide. It was as dry as bone. Cloudlets of dust sprang into being behind each fresh footprint. Yet, there was something deceivingly soft and liquid about the landscape. The shore on both sides was covered with small black pebbles, chips of basalt and obsidian. These caught the starlight and cast forth countless different colors dark green, dark purple, copper, pro-grey. <laughs> Fantastic. How romantic is that for an opening page? Mm-hmm. The starlight was caught on the stones. <laughs> um, and then Evelyn Waugh.
1: Oh, one of my all-time favorites.
0: She's just a genius. And, uh, really? Uh, really?
1: Really? Really? Yeah, I did He, it. His work is, is so, so hilarious. He skewers uh, class differences in England and, and uh, the mores. And then he becomes Catholic.
0: In his real At life.
1: one point in his life. And things didn't seem... It wasn't as funny after that. Yeah.
0: But you have to explain a little bit about what becoming a Catholic when you're an English person means as opposed to Ultimate America. Ultimate snobbery. Because you're going back to the pre-Henry VIII religion that the state um, barred. Exactly. Because the C of E became the, the religion of all of England. The you're, Church of England.
1: Right. You're kind of claiming that your family goes back so far that...
0: To the 16th century. Yeah. Um... Here's a line we're going to start with a handful of dust here chapter 1 ducote de chez beaver is the setting it says ducote de chez beaver ducote de chez beaver thank you was anyone hurt no i'm thankful to say said mrs beaver <laughs> except two housemaids who lost their heads and jumped through a glass roof into the paved court he, in the, <laughs> two housemaids who lost their heads in the in the beginning
1: he he uh, makes fun of the rich people in the countryside they invite the the you know the social uh the fun characters out the the people of lesser means and oh they, to be their clowns and they give them the crap bedrooms right with, oh yeah with terrible beds
0: let them know that you're not <laughs> well the class system is so great that was from by the way um handful of dust uh, the decline and Fall, you've also got on my playlist here. Decline and Fall. Uh, I'm not uh, going to talk about that one. So stellar. jump right in. Oh, you want to talk about a little charities here for a minute? Oh, sure. But okay.
1: before, let me, let me just say that you asked about the the website for the National Public, I mean, the New York Public Library. Oh, yes. org, nypl.org. And
0: so how many books? 300,000?
1: Yeah, you can access the library from anywhere. It says... Which is, you know, val- so valuable at this time. There's also, uh, there was an article today about uh, 12 independent bookstores. I'm sure there's many more than that in yeah. London that are uh, home- offering home delivery. Uh, there's a, a, books- a series of bookstores in Canada that will uh, either send it to your house. They'll come up with a, a reading list for you. They'll uh, A
0: reading list? Really?
1: Yeah uh, independent bookstores in Toronto, uh, book city type books, queen books in Toronto, um, Hunter street books in Peterborough, uh, lots more. And, uh, the one bookstore King West books in Hamilton, the owner says, we know how to pivot. We know how to adjust. Um, if someone asks, uh, for recommendations. uh, They have that on their Instagram page. Uh, They just started making deliveries on Monday. But so they're trying to accommodate, but also come up with, uh, you know, suggestions for people because yeah. it's overwhelming what's available. And, you know, that's what I've always loved about bookstores. It's just a, an addiction for me is to go in and, and talk to someone knowledgeable and be led in a certain way to something that you might never have thought of. I, I always think of uh, there was a, a Gabe bookstore off Castro, a used bookstore that I used to go to on my lunch breaks. And the not your mother should know. No, that wasn't a bookstore. Oh. it was it was on the other side of the street, and they... what was the Walt Whitman one? I remember the guy. The guy le- led me to Jane Bowles. I was looking for Paul Bowles, and he was like, really? "Well, how Try about the Jane yeah. Bowles?" Yeah, and it led me down this whole other path what are, that actually, I've two
0: never. Two is it two?
1: Play, uh, yeah, Two Serious Ladies is the classic, but there's also an an amazing biography of her uh, by Millicent Dixon, I believe is the author, Mm -hmm. and that's what I, I settled on, and in those days, I mean, you could go in, not only could you get that wealth of knowledge, you could also get a book for, what, a couple dollars? Oh, yeah.
0: Cheap entertainment.
1: Yeah. That and lasted hours. They used bookstores. I mean, that's where I would kill hours.
0: So in San Carlos, uh, which isn't very Baroque, on uh, San Carlos Avenue, which is the main drag that went down the hill from where I live to downtown, and then it was crossed by Laurel, and Laurel had um, the art theater, the Tivoli, where I uh, was always playing, like, Deliverance and Clockwork Orange or whatever, but I saw a lot of different movies there, <laughs> and... um Further down, the Laurel Theater, which was the first place I went in San Carlos with my father who took us to see the Alamo, a not ask? And um, on San Carlos Avenue, an old man uh, had a bookstore that was wood paneled and Tudor in theme, uh, the outside, and it was called Canterbury Books, like as in Canterbury Tales and whatnot. And inside he had a minor bird, a gigantic minor bird in a gigantic cage, and the minor bird would talk and whatnot. And he had a mustache and horn glasses. And to me, he was the most romantic figure in the town of San Carlos. And I don't remember his name for the life of me, and I've never looked it up. And, of course, I would chat with him. I remember <laughs> when I was 10 years old whatnot, you know. I'm, uh, and, and he was a really nice person who loved books, obviously. that, uh, I, It hasn't been there for 100 years. In any case, um, it had every requisite element that you needed for a bookstore, which was a proprietor who seemed... Uh, wizened and uh, uh, and steeped in literature. Right, the knowledge. Uh, um, A bird that was perfect. Sort of unexpected and a bit disconcerting. And the motif was faux England on the peninsula in the (laughs) 70s, 60s. And so I was in love this place. And they also had and I bought my mother one and I to my everlasting, I don't know if I'm ashamed or delighted, they had Shakespeare greeting cards wow, and they were from some wild independent press right and they were line drawings right they weren't you know florid they weren't like Maxwell parish or whatever it wasn't a nymph laying on a or what's it name alma where it's bountiful women on a balcony with lots of flowers and um, it was a uh, spare and the quote was on this birthday card and I 'm not kidding how elder art thou than thou lookst yeah <laughs> And I believe I give it to my mother. <laughs> and even my dad, in all of his mania, was like, oh, that one was like, rough. <laughs> yeah, woof. <laughs> and I was 12 or 13, and I thought, it, it, do, right, you, you know, don't look that old, Mom, I love you. Right. And, you know, like, the sentiment was there, but it was a bit on the nose, <laughs> I thought. But I, that's where I bought that card. And he, Ray Bradbury books. And, um, you know, those kind of books right. you buy when you're a little kid. Yeah, uh, uh, 4.9, 4.51. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I. I have that copy from the used bookstore right here in my hand. It was in the living room. Her name is Millicent Dillon, and then the name of the book is A Little Original Sin, The Life and Work of Jane Bowles.
0: How hip does Jane Bowles look on the cover? Oh,
1: my God, right? She's she's going to stomp you. Uh, Suffragettes. Yeah. That's a a wild hairdo and a fierce look. Um, Yeah, so that... I'm and a and film in it, an it, it's, now. it's only about uh, twenty times as as uh, long as her most
0: famous novel. Right. What did Friendly would say? They said, "How come your output so small?" And she said, "Because I write in my own blood."
1: <laughs> it also reminds me of uh, I, I think it was uh, William Burroughs' comment about Paul Bowles' autobiography, right. which is called "Without Stopping." And William Burroughs said it should have been called "Without." Telling without telling, because he manages to write this this autobiography like, without really Saturdays. revealing much about mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm.
0: My favorite one of not revealing was um, Mick Jagger because Mick Jagger got a three, he didn't write at all a two million pound was it or three million pound advance they they gave him that much money to write the book He'd like here's some money go tell uh, we want to hear about it. And then I think he sat down, he had a glass of wine, sat down in front of the computer or the whatever, or the pen and pad, because he's old school, Mm -hmm. and went, I can't. Mm -mm. As soon as you start thinking about the people you've been with, the the things you've done, the things you've taken... What you might reveal. Well, then you realize this is like... What you might be culpable for. A sideswipe at the whole of 60s and 70s society, like...
1: William Burroughs' letters are quite good, mm. and
0: he's a different type of uh, yeah,
1: a, yeah, just slightly. Um, Art Pepper's book, which he and his wife Lori Pepper Straight put time. together, uh, "Straight Life," "Straight Life," is wonderful and compulsively revealing about his whole situation, his addiction, his. Uh
0: perversion, his everything. Well,
1: his uh the amazing thing about it is that in the brief times when when he was young a young adult, when he was out of prison, he managed to record all the music. Oh, and there was one that I was gonna ask you to play. Um Art
0: Pepper, yeah, which is called. I was going to play this one, but go ahead. Best of Me.
1: No, it's called uh, Mucho Calor. What? I don't know if I know that. And uh, I think Jazz Wax mentioned it the other day.
0: No, I've got Best of Me, Mucho. Let me find it. It's. I'll get it.
1: It's with another West Coast jazz musician.
0: So Art Pepper, and here's. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, yeah. Right? Mucho calor, by the way, means a lot of calor. (laughs) While we're grooving to Art Pepper... Let me hit you to a couple things. Um, Yamiche Alcindor uh, covers the White House for the PBS NewsHour. And uh, she's an African-American woman and very bold. She was in a fracas uh, earlier in the week with Orange 45 because she dared to call him out on a question. This wasn't the You're a Terrible Reporter. That was Peter Alexander. Uh, She got buffed. And uh, he often attacks black women, you may have noticed, because of his um, insane misogyny and racism. Mm-hmm. In any case, I just wanted to hip you to her on Twitter. If you're not following her, you might. Um, her and Tiffany Cross, um, Eiffel. Ifill. You know, it, Sherilyn is not a journalist. She's um, an activist. Yamiche Alcindor's um, Twitter handle is at Yamiche, which is Y-A-M-I-C-H-E, and I believe it's Yamiche, and I'm mispronouncing it. Uh, Joe Biden has an ad out now that's really wild. Um, if you wondered where we were coming from. Um,
1: also, Biden is going to be, uh, I think, tomorrow. Right. Uh, giving messages about what to do during this pandemic with uh, Ron Klain and other experts.
0: There's also an excellent video with uh, Mr. Klain on Twitter that you can find. Um, that really breaks down what's going on with the virus in a factual and coherent way, as opposed to the weird um, reality TV show kind of uh, screaming match that we're having, where it's just full of lies. And, I, just, and tra- I, I just don't watch it. Well, today I had to beg off, uh, because it's always the Grievensburg Address. You know, it's just, it's it's always friends, Romans, assholes. It's never, it's never warming. There's never anything to hook onto, like a fact or uh, an emotion.
1: Well... The good thing is, I don't think Mitch McConnell's plan got
0: through today. It did not, Jennifer, and that's a real positive move. And now
1: Nancy Pelosi wants to start her own plan, which would not be a slush fund for the GOP.
0: Which is what this one totally is. We're talking about bailing out cruise ships. That's all he cares about. He's fixated on cruise ships. I, I assume he did some terrible things on cruise ships to people, women, and therefore he remembers it a lot. And that's why it keeps coming up.
1: I care not to think about him...
0: The roll call of his mind is such a barren wasteland of depravity and uh, horrible blackness that it's best not to think about it. However, what am I getting at here? Because Pelosi's still got some juice, and there's a lot of people fighting against him, you'll find that this is, instead of despairing because you're at home and whatnot, this is an awesome time to pressure your elected officials to the Mm -hmm. nth degree, Mm -hmm. because... We're at the crux right now, we're at the tipping point. They're never going to be more vulnerable than they are for the next four weeks.
1: Right, our retired uh, neighbors across the street are spending every waking hour calling their representatives.
0: Yes, they are, because they're real proper old time activists. And it kind of behooves all of us to, um, don't freak out, email, write, phone. Um, If you live in a groovy state, obviously, uh, you can see what the pattern's going on here. They're kind of trying to punish us first because we move forward and we're a little more progressive and it didn't fit into his weird narrative of it's a miracle and all this magical nonsense that leads to this terrible spike. So, uh, because of that, we, uh, you, it's a groovy time to pressure people. Um, they're not going to have any respect or um, recourse from the terrible consequences of what's going to happen. And so mm-hmm. I think they're forced to listen to people a lot more than they would at a normal time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In the time of the plague, the king is available for petition.
1: Well, it, it's frustrating because we don't have any sane voice from the federal level uh, coming from the White House, and so each right and the, they cut Fauci out too, So it's very Sorry, very important what each governor is doing, and some of the Republican governors aren't doing anything at all about the pandemic our old
0: buddy governor of justice in west virginia is being terrible about it and west virginia um, having visited there and had a wonderful time there and met lots of great people it was so much fun we had really good food we went to a soul food place we went to a, a, a groovy coffee shop Whatnot. whatnot.
1: right we went to the, the indigenous radio. Uh, it, like, yeah.
0: people's mounds kroger's whatnot we went to kroger's and bought booze and ice cream uh they were having a hep C outbreak then and a shingles outbreak
1: hepatitis A and B I'm sorry,
0: hep A and B B, which are, I can't even Um, and for him to react this way and he's quite rich it's just very disappointing this is where we come in Um, one of the ways uh, in Los Angeles and if you don't mind me being LA centric on this one uh, the virtual food drive at the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. It's at fundraise.lafoodbank.org. In California, uh, there's a blood shortage. Redcrossblood.org. You can go in. They wear masks. It's all good. Um, nationwide, there's loads of food banks, and I'm fixing to hip you to the jive when I Well, there it Also is. in
1: California, there's there's a, a site for just uh, you can put your zip code in it's California Association of Food Banks sweet
0: Um, World Central Kitchen which is uh, they've done phenomenal work if you'd like to give to them it's WCK.org that's Jose Andres and his group uh, they're doing everything they can. The one that I wanted to hip you to that LA Food Bank links to for nationwide action is called Feeding America, and that's feedingamerica.org. Nothing's more important than getting homeless people off the street. Nothing's more important than feeding children during this. Nothing's more important than isolating um, people who have no recourse whatsoever. And uh, I think that's where everything has to go. That and pressuring the government to adopt a policy where everyone gets free health care for the next I don't know, a couple of years.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, John Litchfield had a, a, a the journalist, uh, English journalist who lives in northern France, uh, tweeted tonight that some migrant Africans who were trying to move to the UK mm-hmm. have actually been housed in what looks like a really nice place as of today really? in northern France. I mean, the, the this these are things that should have happened. Of course. But thank God they're happening now.
0: It's laying bare the gigantic lies of society that we can't afford to do these things, that we shouldn't do these things, that rich people deserve the kind of money they have. All those weird things that we've just been going along with. And it takes a gigantic uh, event like this that's so dire and so immediate For us to really examine why we aren't housing everyone, and why we aren't feeding everyone, and why we aren't giving medicine to everyone, yeah, and I think that uh, it's important to never ever let the pressure up on your local officials and your senators and whatnot uh, to bring that home. This can, I think, be the moment of gigantic systemic change. Well, the it's going to be real difficult.
1: Oh, yeah. The, the insanity of allowing um, people to buy up whole centers of cities and towns for second homes or, you know, th- so that there's this vacant, like New- Manhattan has become, or, or central London. Right. Um, so that there's no markets. Uh, we were reading yesterday that corner markets are the ones that are fully stocked.
0: This they might have milk, they might have toilet paper whatnot. Uh, There's UNICEF, Save the Children, first book. Um, Of course, the Charity Navigator is a a groovy way to start because Charity Navigator, when you uh, type in the charities that you're looking for in your neighborhood, in your area, it will have an assessment of them and whatnot, which I think is a really groovy thing. I'm super proud of the Senate. Uh, tonight, for rejecting McConnell's.
1: Well, maybe it had something to do bailout. with Rand Paul testing positive today after he went to the gym and swam in the Senate pool.
0: Their heedlessness.
1: Uh, and his father, six days ago, said it was a hoax.
0: His father, who's a physician.
1: And who ran for president.
0: Oh, I quite remember. You and I were driving back from Las Vegas after having done a gig when Rand Paul ran for president in a gigantic field of Republicans. And if you remember, Rand Paul was the only anti-Iraq war Republican, which Mm -hmm. was really weird Mm because he'd get up in state and say the war's illegal and they'd all just stare at him because it was Bush's war. This is 2008. You and I were coming back from a gig in Las Vegas and we were in the middle of bloody nowhere. And I mean like, talk about uh, Frederick Prokosh with the dust rising from every footfall. Um, it was the High Desert in between California and Nevada, which is um, impressive. If mm-hmm. you, ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever driven from Los Angeles to Las Vegas, you stop a couple of times. There's a place called Baker, which has the world's largest thermometer, which is <laughs> Ryan and I discussed and you discussed. It's the world's largest <laughs> disappointment. It's not really the world's largest thermometer yeah. because it's not a gigantic tube of mercury heading toward the heavens <laughs> like Galileo would have built or something, or you know uh, Tycho Bray or whatever. In any case, uh, you and I were coming back, and you were like, who's voting for Rand Paul? And we passed Ron this, Paul. Ron Paul. Uh, Rand's the, the horrible offspring with the curly, with the Brady Bunch frizz. Uh, Ron Paul, the physician he ran several times to everyone's, whatever. The, the Harold Stassen of libertarians. And um, we passed the shack that was like a low, one-story kind of barn affair. And on it was an enormous <laughs> canvas that they painted on that said, Ron Paul for president. And you were like, oh, that's wh-. And you said to me, you turn and you went, this is where they live. <laughs> yes. Where their guns are stockpiled right. and Wait, their it's The, canned the
1: post-apocalyptic... Landscape.
0: All those people are living through this right now and laughing at us because they've all... <laughs> I read an article in an Alabama paper yesterday. These cats are laying a lot in the countryside of Alabama with the Trump posters and whatnot. And underneath is 5,000 tins of beans and toilet paper. And they're selling shit to people. They're helping people. You know, they're they're people, so they're helping people. But, oh, golly.
1: I read a really lovely article in the LA Times the other oh, day. Oh, is this the Jews? Yes. Um, we... We live in Los Angeles, and we have Jewish people. We have Jewish people from Egypt. <laughs> we have Jewish people. Egypt. We, we have, have acquired have Jewish Mer- people. Moroccan mm-hmm.
0: Jewish Persian. people.
1: Uh, oh, loads! I mean, Be- Beverly Hills is a wash in yeah. Persian Jewish people, and uh, they have, they've started a really lovely uh, networking team where the twenty somethings. Are going out and getting. uh, One of the women mentioned was a Holocaust survivor in Beverly Hills, and she needed shopping help for Passover, and
0: uh, which is going to be a solitary affair this year.
1: Yes, coming up in April, and uh, there. These young people were just so eager to help. It was really lovely, and they just—they don't know the people that they're shopping for, right. and and they drop them off at their apartment or wherever.
0: They put it outside once.
1: Yes, one. and and uh, the one guy that they were uh, following, he wouldn't even take a tip. Oh. He just dropped it off, and and you know they're, they're so well, reaching out to everybody yep. to make sure that everybody gets food, and. Uh, You know, it's just it's just a nice heartwarming. There's also a a great story in The Washington Post about uh, young people who write for their college papers being on the forefront of covering the
0: virus. Well, uh, one piece of advice I think that uh, is um, that I've read and that I think is is something that people should take on board, um, especially for our young listeners is it? this is a really terrific time to start a journal. And by that, I mean, whether it's online or, uh, you know, on your phone or on a, in a little book, which is the way I would do it with a pen, um, record your thoughts and the daily occurrences of this because this is a singular experience. And uh, there is an, uh, when we come out the other side of this, as Matthew McConaughey said, this red light, <laughs> at the end of this, there's going to be a green light. go oh yeah. You know, when you eat barbecue, sometimes you just cover it, you slather it with sauce, but this time it's like a pig that slithered through and <laughs> got on a, what you could only call a space shuttle to the furthest out reaches of Jupiter, where all of the nebulae and outlying uh, intergalactic bodies look like jelly beans from a spectacular in your imagination. <laughs> We're all together on the same cinnamon roll. It's as if you were on the outside of a croissant and I was on the inside of a cruller and we were looking across at each other. And just then the, the frosting broke. And it was, <laughs> How ma- was that? maple <laughs> frosting. And that's when you knew you had to get a Cadillac. Is Can I mention that, or that? Lincoln?
1: That you, Lincoln, Lincoln. That, that you are wearing a suit after breakfast today?
0: You know, Jennifer, normal behavior patterns are, I think, postponed (laughs) for a good deal of the... By the way, Morrissey uh, put out an album this week. Oh, Lord, no. He's a Nazi who's not that funny, but... uh, You gave me the virus. I asked you not to. Don't touch me. Don't touch me anymore when we saw Morrissey years ago he pulled his shirt up at one point and everyone was like
1: we saw him once furtively uh shopping at uh the grocery store on bristol fairfax and Sunset." So yeah and
0: Uh, He had just learned to drive, as I recall, because we'd read about it until Mac. And then we
1: we, we saw him watching Russell Brand
0: in West Hollywood. And Lipsynca.
1: Hmm?
0: We've had several.
1: Right. And then... I
0: remember the Russell Brand. Rex
1: and us went to the Hollywood Bowl to see Ah. Morrissey. And he was... Such a churl! He wouldn't let us go backstage and say That's hi to right, our friend Christine, who was uh, opening. Christine
0: for him. Uh, uh, and the Orphans were opening for uh, Christine Young. Our buddy was opening for uh, Morrissey, and uh, I emailed her and said, "Can we come back? You know, like you know, we don't want pass. You know, like we didn't ask him in free. We paid for our tickets." I said, "Can we come backstage?" And she was like. There is no backstage, and I was like, <laughs> I've been in show business since I was. And
1: you've played at the Hollywood Bowl. There is a very, very big
0: backstage. Uh, there's in
1: fact, there is like
0: commodious with a giant. Uh, you've been to the every. The, the, the yeah.
1: backstage is so big that you can not ever encounter the orchestra. Yeah.
0: It's William Shatner's birthday today. Um, I'd like you to think as a. Whoa! Well, I'd like you to think about as a person what William Shatner has done for you (laughs) and how (laughs) you remember a song by a pope called common people she studied sculpture at st martin's college that's where i caught her eye (laughs) she told me that her dad was
1: loaded i said in that case i'll have a rum and coca-cola she said fine And in 30 seconds time, she said, I want to
0: live like common
1: people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do.
0: Full disclosure. has, Has Jarvis Cocker weighed in on this? Uh, it's a early 2000s, late 90s uh, anthem from England. Uh, William Shatner made an album called Has Been, which is just fantastic. Um, William Shatner and I met once upon a time. I did a, a show for Channel 4 called uh, Space Cadets. And because uh, we're in isolation, I'm going to play you the clip of me and William Shatner. Yes, please. A Canadian actor looking for his first big break. <laughs> this is one of the biggest moments of my life. Uh, big break.
1: A show filmed on Channel 4 in Scotland. I, uh, I really hope that this will do something that uh,
0: has never been done before. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's... Time. Uh, yeah, it's with uh, Bill Bailey and Hattie
0: Hayridge and um, uh, Craig Charles and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a complete capsule of British comedy in 1997. We made it in Glasgow, and uh, William Shatner came on the show, and uh, we're backstage uh, in the green room and whatnot. And it was called Space Cadets. I don't know that it was entirely successful, but we were trying to be, like, on a spaceship and have a game show. (laughs) It is so British. You guys have to understand that, like, panel shows to them are this whole. It was also very late 90s. Um, Craig Charles had been on Red Dwarf. Your hair was awesome. Uh, My hair is quite awesome. Thank you for saying that, Jennifer. Meet me later (laughs) in the isolation lounge. (laughs) Um, And, uh, uh, well, you came up. Uh, I can't remember which episode you came up for, but
1: I, I think I've already said on the on the porpoise about being stranded. Oh my that, God! The that, guy ran out of gas. The, my driver to the show ran out of gas. They had put us out in the countryside for some reason. Right.
0: Well, that weekend and, we were staying in a, a lodge, and
1: I didn't. I didn't. I'm totally on board with the Edinburgh uh, dialect, but I I don't speak Glaswegian. As much. Right,
0: Glasgow Petter.
1: And so I was stuck at the petrol with the driver. Right. And our only common ground was the show Taggart.
0: Which is a detective show (laughs) that ran for how many years? 14? Ran after he was dead. The lead died in Taggart.
1: Mark McManus.
0: But he was the lead for 10 years and then it ran. The show
1: was called Taggart, which was his character. And they didn't
0: stop calling it Taggart. And every single
1: single scottish actor
0: for has years. been oh, on. on
1: that show yeah. and it was dark it was oh really, my god was and I remember, tenements and I stuff An episode where a, a, some they put a snake a gangster put a snake in somebody's bed right you know is that kind oh, of no, the death count now. was fairly high and when they had to go to edinburgh they would sneer because it was too poncy it was them. too
0: poncy for them right and they'd say um you're pinched, but they'd say it with a Glaswegian accent, so it was... You're punched. you punched. And it was the polis. Yeah, murder polis. Well, an expression in Scotland is that something's bad is murder polis, mm-hmm. which means the murder police.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't even know how to explain and it. And
1: so that was the only thing we could talk about.
0: I really don't. Um, Stephen Sondheim is 90 years old. Um, a lovely, lovely person gave me a two-volume set of Stephen Sondheim's um, reminiscences, or cataloging, concordance, biography of how he came to write all the things he came to write. Stephen Sondheim was a lyricist and then um, was allowed to graduate into becoming one of the most eminent composers of the musical theater of um, the modern era. And the point is this. Um, When he was 15, he'd written a musical. Mm -hmm. And he went to... He managed to get a meeting with Oscar Hammerstein. Was it not Oscar Hammerstein? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Of Rodgers and Hammerstein, who wrote... Oh, I don't know. South Pacific, The Sound of Music, Carousel, and Everything. (laughs) And he... In his documentary, that fantastic documentary they made several years ago about Sondheim, um, tells the story of going into his office and being pretty flip about how great he thought his musical was, and that Hammerstein was like, "All right, let me walk you through this," and kind of gave him some critique about, you know, directions and ideas and whatnot. Uh, but that his ego—who's um, the Ed Ruscha?
1: Mm-hmm. Did his oh, no, you mean Keenholz. Um,
0: Keenholtz. Parents took him to see Rembrandt, was it?
1: Yes, and he said, oh, I can do this.
0: Is there a funnier line in comedy? No, no. And Sondheim presented his 15-year-old musical to Hammerstein and went like, I, I think it's good.
1: But the, that reminds me of Mart because I, I, I always think about Mart going up to Ilia Kazan right. and saying, "Like you need me."
0: What, what you're seventeen. What, what you're missing right. is it's me. My perspective. Yeah. yeah,
1: I think you need me. And he was seventeen. And that Ilia Kazan was so so smart that he went, "Yeah, you know right, what? Kind of I do. Need do. You. Yeah,
0: I do need you. Join me. Yeah. Join me. I need you. I do need you." And he did. Uh, Steven Sondheim wrote the lyrics for this, and Leonard Bernstein wrote the music. Go. My devotion. Jennifer and I have met George Takiris, Who is
1: fantastic.
0: And gorgeous. We did a, uh, an interview years ago for British television. And what made it good was, it was supposed to be the 20 greatest musicals. And uh, I was there with Nightmare Before Christmas and George DeCuris was there with everything. And... Um, <laughs>
1: But we had just seen Young Girls of
0: Rochefort. And we commandeered him.
1: And so they got left in the dust because he wanted to talk to us about that movie. And they were kind of uh, flummoxed with us because yeah, they wanted the us to go. Would want us, because he wanted to talk about Young you Girls
0: of Rochefort. You said to him, uh, uh, Jacques I, Demy. Well,
1: I asked him what color his boots were.
0: In the movie Young I Girls said, of Rochefort by Jacques Demy.
1: Dove gray. And he was like, no, they were taupe. And then I said, was Catherine Deneuve an. Ice Queen, and he was like, "Oh
0: yes." Yeah. <laughs> we had a, a grand old time with him, and he's a, a major interpreter of Stephen Sondheim. Let's check it for a second. America. in America. Lots of new housing with more space. Lots of doors slamming
1: in our face.
0: Better get rid of your accent. Life can be bright in America. If you can fight in America, life is bright in America. If you're a white in America. What? If you're a timely
1: line in America. Yeah.
0: Um. The Tonys last year was James Corden and um, the Billy Porter
1: and Mart Crowley when the best revival this not is to, not to sandwich that in there but. for
0: right uh, quite right mark did win best revival and got to give the speech uh this is from the tony awards and um uh jules stein wrote the music but stephen sondheim wrote the lyrics like a oh wait which one wait, i don't know which one are you doing by Gentle from Gypsy, which is number one. Okay. I hope it's in the right key. I had a dream.
1: <laughs> He's wearing the curtain from Pinky Boots. Yes. For real.
0: Thank you, bitch. Thank you, bitch. Oh, wow.
1: Billy Porter. I don't even i
0: As good as Broadway can get. We've already
1: mentioned Pose, the cast of Pose. Billy Porter, MJ Rodriguez, and Moore, they're all just.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. I have to hear this part, and I know it makes me sad, but I'm going to do it anyway. All right.
1: It's great.
0: 90 years old and still amongst us it's so great what do you got
1: well uh, Roy Haynes
0: here we go Roy Roy. Haynes Uh, Roy Haynes is
1: 95
0: yes he is and we were supposed to see him two nights ago in New York as of this recording here's Roy Haynes with uh, the Felonious Monk Quartet with Johnny Griffin
1: Thelonious in action.
0: Yeah, it's a great album title, right? Roy hands is on the uh, drops This is pretty swinging.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Wash your hands, y'all, and please observe. be careful. Be
1: careful. Stay inside if you can.
0: We're not giving up. No one's giving up.
1: No, be creative. uh, Listen to some good music. Read some good books. Watch some good movies. Take care of yourself.
0: You've been the smartest crowd in the world. Jennifer and I have been the smartest, (laughs) the most annoying couple in the world. May every page that turns for you be a satchel page. May every bell that rings be a cool papa bell. And if you have to buy bonds, make sure they're feminist bonds. Peace.